Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. This is going to be a big week. We've got the release of the 2021 schedule coming on Wednesday and then Rookie Minicamp on Friday. We'll set the stage for both. Speaking of the rookies, it is getting harder and harder to temper expectations for this year's group of players. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 422, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So I'm having a hard time following my own rule, MJ, and that's not to get too excited about the rookies. The more you read about them, the more you hear about them, the more you hear from them. You obviously like the talent, and now we're getting to know about the person. You can't help but want all of these players to succeed. We know they're not, yet it is hard and very hard in the last few days, last few weeks really, to sit here and say, all right, I'm going to take a step back, as I say every year, yet we get more and more from these players. And yeah, I'm I'm trying to contain myself a little bit, but I am excited about all the players that were drafted and then, of course, the uh, newcomers that might be coming in as well. Yeah, and I think it all starts with Xavier Collins. I mean, he's expected to start in week one next to Isaiah Simmons. We know that Rondell Moore is going to have a probably right now on paper, the fourth wide receiver, and then he's going to be part of the return game. And then, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, I, you, know you start looking at the seventh-round pick, um, the lineman from uh, Penn State, probably more of a practice squad guy. Um, clearly, they got to start flooding that corner position so I could see both Marcus Wilson and uh, you throw in even a guy like uh, Tay Gallen. Tay Gallen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those guys have a legit chance to make the roster now. Do you keep four corners, five safeties? Because you've added Sean Williams, you brought back Chris Banjo, you still have the Thompson twins, you have Buda Baker, and then you added Wiggins. So it's going to be interesting. So I don't know if all are going to make the team, and that's probably a good thing. But um, at least on paper, they have some uh, positions in the future where if guys are under contract or their contracts expire. The biggest thing, because we know they're good football players, it's just how quickly can they learn the playbook? How quickly can they assimilate and get used to a much faster game? But I don't know if there is a steeper learning curve for any of these players than Bernard Sykovitz, 23-year-old tight end, six foot five, 262 pounds from Vienna, Austria. It's a player we have not really talked about here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But Sykovitz, part of the NFL's International Player Pathway Program, he made a tremendous first impression via Zoom. He's here in Arizona, but quarantining because he's from out of the country and he'll be on the field later this week. But you got to, one, love his story. And Kyle Odegaard did a great job of writing about it on azcardinals.com. But this is something that the NFL has done now since 2017, allowing international players to kind of get used to the NFL game and maybe even make a roster. We have one in our own building, Rolando Cantu, the Spanish radio broadcast. He graduated from the program back in 2004, was on the active roster in 2015. So I'm not saying 
pay attention to Sykovitz, but here's someone who certainly looks like a tight end. And we've been talking about the tight end position for a while now. There's currently three with him. That's four on the roster. It is a little bit of a need, maybe a bigger need for most people, but he is certainly an intriguing player. I haven't seen a lot of them, but uh, he is certainly wide-eyed and very excited about his opportunity. Yeah, and he's a guy that, you know, has an interesting story to where, you know, normally when you grow up in another country, you're probably playing soccer at first, and then he, you know, then they have rugby and then maybe some more flag football. But, you know, it's interesting how, you know, he's, as you mentioned, he's in town and he's quarantining. And, um, you know, for our listeners out there, I mean, the Cardinals don't have to carry a roster spot for him. And, you know, it looks like he's going to be a practice squad guy. And, you know, we always start looking at the future. I mean, it's a great story, but he look he looks the part, and he to me he's just willing to learn. And you know, just getting in the, um, you know, the um, tight end room with a guy like Steve Hyden, Max Williams reached out to him already. Terrell Daniels is a really good teammate, so you know it, it's going to be a great experience for him. And you know, the fact that he's going to be catching passes from Kyler Murray, maybe Colt McCoy, and some of the backup quarterbacks. But um, you know, I you know hopefully everything goes to plan because this is a complete off season from last year i mean these guys we they didn't have the rookie mini camp they can hold these guys until late june early july and then hopefully we get some otas now we'll see what the players association sells about that but i think three preseason games will go a long way and we know starters will play initially they need to um but for the most part this is when those guys are going to get their chance and, and you know how i feel about the rookie mini camps you're going to make mistakes but then you go and watch the film and hopefully you don't make the same mistakes when the veterans get here. I think what you said about Sykovitz, he's willing to learn. He does not know much about the Cardinals. And up on azcardinals.com was Steve Kimes' Zoom call to Sykovitz, informing him that he was going to be an Arizona Cardinal. Kime asked him, you know, what do you know about the team? Quote, Kyler Murray is the quarterback. End quote. So already Sykovitz is ahead of the game. At least he knows who the number one player is on that team. I don't know blocking versus catching. We know as far as a need within that tight end room, it's more of a pass catching tight end. We all love Max Williams. If he's healthy and can stay on the field, then you get the best of both worlds there. But you do lose a Dan Arnold. So who is that guy that's going to run down the middle of the field where it gets spread open because of the number of wide receivers you have on this roster and that you want to utilize on offense? So, again, I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, you know, he's obviously did something right to get to this point, And who knows? Maybe a year on the practice squad or maybe he surprises people. Who knows? I like the the measurables as far as six foot yeah, five, two sixty two. So even if he can block in there and, and be like a Darrell Daniels and work on special teams and then work more on the offense, he, he might be an intriguing player to keep an eye on, especially this offseason. Yeah, and, and, and I also think, Craig, when you when you start looking at it, I mean, if they if they feel as 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 good as they say about Rondell Moore, and I'm not ready to write off Christian Kirk, so you, you know you, you can go four wide. But if you do want to go 12 personnel, um, you do have Max Williams and Darrell Daniels. It wouldn't surprise me if they bring in a Josh Jones. And so maybe they don't need that pass catching tight end this year if the receivers uh, obviously step up between four and five, probably going to keep six. But we know that Rondell Moore and, you know, I think Christian Kirk are three and four right now. We can make the case for either or. And then obviously A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. So, 
you know, we know that Sean Cougar is going to have a little bit more influence on the offense, and we know they want to run the ball with the one-two punch between Chase and uh, James Conner. But maybe we don't see uh, the, the, the pass-catching tight end. I know that's the league, and, you know, I'm a big fan of matchups. I thought Dan Arnold was a mismatch on linebackers and safeties. Um, he did take some big shots going down the seam, and, you know, we know that Kyler trusted him early on. So maybe the offense is – we talk about the focus and the shifting – I guess we'll wait and see, but if there's somebody out there that can help them to where you go three wide in, in one tight end, all of a sudden you're looking for matchups. So, but I don't know if that's necessarily this year compared to last year. Yeah, I thought Dan Arnold, I wouldn't say maybe a must re-sign, but certainly based off the chemistry that he and Kyler had and the ability that we're seeing across the league, the use of tight ends who can catch the ball in traffic, as we saw Arnold do at the New York Giants, that he was someone that I would thought that they wanted to return. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know the behind the scenes. He obviously, you know, felt he had a better opportunity with the Panthers. So we'll have to wait and see. But that was one loss amongst your own free agents that I would have loved to have seen come back. But to your point, MJ, you know, maybe with Sean Kugler, now the run game coordinator, and you review what happened, what went well, what didn't go well in 2020, and you say, you know what, maybe this is not who we are Maybe we need to focus more on what Kingsbury is known, and that is going three, four, maybe five wide, but not utilize the tight end as a quote-unquote receiver more to help protect and allow Murray time to throw from the pocket. And I and I can sense that. I mean, I think when you look at it, um, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, you, you want to get your playmakers on the field. So I, I just think that, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I think the first month of the season compared to the first month uh, when they arrived, Kyler and Cliff, it's going to be night and day. Um, but I do think they, they want to win in the line of scrimmage and they, they're not afraid to go six linemen out there. And, you know, they're going to dress eight. And we'll see how it all works out with the winners and Murray at right guard. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that, that you have to you have to have a tight end that people have to respect. Now, in fairness to Max, you know, he had a really good touch uh, catch last year down on the goal line. We know the one year he lost the ball in the sun. So it's not like he's an empty chair. Yes, he's a meat and potatoes guy, but I still think you can, you know, get him on some matchups and that should open things up for the Cardinals. Now, you know, when it comes to that running game, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, we – want Chase to kind of carry the load, but can he carry the load just to make sure he's fresh in November and December? And that's where Connor's going to come in, short yardage, goal line. Um, and, and and I think it's only fair, and you brought it up, Kenyon Drake, you know, he had 10 rushing touchdowns. Kyler had 11, and Chase had one last year. So we'll see if they get 22 rushing touchdowns this year, but maybe you get more touchdowns out of hop in the open field. Yeah, two things to keep an eye on regarding the offense, the use of the tight end and how do you split carries in the backfield with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. One more note on Tykovitz. He certainly had a quote that I know for a fact that if you listen to Ron Wolfley on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, I do believe Wolf will be speaking a lot about Bernhard Sykovitz, if for no other reason than what Sykovitz had to say about why he likes the game of football. It's a little bit out of the norm when you're in Europe because, as you talked about, it's mostly soccer, 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 what they call football. But American football appealed to Sykovitz because, quote, you can do stuff you really can't do in real life. You can hit people. You can just lose your mind, basically. That really excites me, end quote. I heard that and immediately thought of Wolf and the physicality. And as he says, not afraid to stick your face in the fan. So 
again, I have no idea. I don't even think I've seen any highlights of this kid play, but he has said all the right things. And that is, again, it's a first impression. That's all it is. Now we see what happens on the football field. And uh, he got a chuckle when he said that on the Zoom call. Everyone was like, okay, that's true. If you do it within the, in the, in the frame of the rules with, between the lines, you can get away with it. Uh, there, you know, probably get a green, a red card or whatever they have there. So, yeah, it was – He, I, I noticed the entire Zoom, that he, they all got a chuckle. Like, okay, he's coming out of shell a little bit. He is someone that is going to have to get used to his surroundings and then obviously get used to playing a much faster, more physical game than he's ever played in his life. And if he can handle it, then he'll be around. If he's not, then he won't be. And that goes for everyone that the Arizona Cardinals have acquired this offseason, including the safety out of Cincinnati, seventh round pick James Wiggins. We've had a chance to hear from him, and I really like his mindset because, yes, everyone wants to be a starter, but he knows based off where he was drafted that if he wants to get to the starting lineup, first he has to be, quote, a dog on special teams. And if you're Jeff Rogers, the special teams coordinator, he has a lot of players some returners and then some guys that, you know, some new faces that he'll be able to utilize on special teams. But yes, it is certainly a mindset, especially if you're drafted up high, you expect to be on the field right away and play either offense or defense. It's not the case so much in the National Football League unless you're, you know, a quarterback or like a Larry Fitzgerald or a DeAndre Hopkins where you don't play special teams at all. In order to play on Sundays and first be active, sometimes you do have to make your mark on special teams. Well, I think it's been proven. Trent Sherfield comes to mind, Tanner Vallejo, Zeke Turner. These guys were all undrafted. Well, Tanner was, a, maybe I want to say he was a draft pick. Cardinals claimed him when they had the first waiver claim, and he was in Buffalo, and then he was in Cleveland, and the Cardinals had a stint with him. But, yeah, I mean, that's, again, if you're the fourth, fourth or fifth wide receiver, you're playing on teams. I mean, they tried – Christian Kirk and, you know, Chase Esmond was a backup last year. He was a kick returner. So that's just how it is. And that's where, you know, guys like Max Williams and Darrell Daniels, um, whether you look at extra points and field goals, they're usually in there blocking. And, you know, some of the linemen are in there too. So, yeah, I mean, we don't focus on it enough. Um, Hopefully this year we're going to talk about, you know, the return game between Rondell Moore, punt and kick return. And then also, you know, Matt Prater, I mean, I know he didn't have the greatest season last year, uh, but also when it comes to, you know, 50-yard kicks and pressure kicks, um, you know, he's going to have to make them. So I think special teams is definitely uh, an area where the Cardinals put a lot of emphasis on it based on Jeff Rogers not only being the special teams coordinator, as you always point out, also the assistant head coach. So they rely on him. you got Vance. you got Coogs in there. you got uh, James Saxon, the running backs coach, Hyden and now a new wide receivers coach. So I've never had an issue with the staff. It's just now it's a matter of these guys got to coach these players up to get them ready. But I'm thrilled they're going to have an offseason because that can only help them. The return game especially, if for no other reason, not you need to break one off for a touchdown, but just put the offense in a better starting point as opposed to inside the 25-yard line on kickoffs 
or deep in your own end on punts. Make that first guy miss. Well, one, catch the ball. And then two, make that first guy miss. And it does provide some excitement, especially at home and hopefully knock on wood, at least if you listen to Commissioner Roger Goodell during the draft, they expect full stadiums this season. So special teams doesn't get looked at a lot, but if you have a big special teams play, whether it's you know returning a, a kick or even recovering a kick as far as getting a turnover, you know that, again, apologies to Kyle Littergaard, momentum can swing your direction because of the play on special teams. And that's why I think Rondell Moore is really going to excel. And, you know, he, he could be the third or fourth receiver. Once again, um, he's not to, if he's not the top three, he's going to play a big role on special teams. Um, he could play a gunner. The one thing I like about Moore is the speed. And, and I think B-Train hit on it last week. I always think, think if, you know, teams are kicking a little bit higher, uh, maybe they don't uh, respect your run game, so they're going to try to stop you from the twenty-five. I got to anticipate if he's two or three yards in the end zone, he's going to take it out. Um, but the fact is that if you can get to, get to the 35 or the 40, you know, you get 10 yards, now you're at midfield. It just tilts it. it and, you know, when things aren't going well, we just focus on, well, saying Gonzalez was struggling. Um, you know, we know that their return units were better, uh, blocking punts, uh, you know, setting the tone on defense. Andy Lee with his hang time and his inside his 20. But Again, if you can just tilt field position, it'll go a long way. I think, you know, you look at some of the better teams, Jim, uh, John Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, um, they spend just as, well, Belichick cut his teeth coming in as a special teams coach. John Harbaugh is one of the only head coaches in football that was a special teams coach. So um, there's a lot more emphasis on it. And I think with Jeff Rogers and his credibility in that building, there's more emphasis on special teams. Yeah, it certainly needs to be talked about more. And we'll do our best here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We told you last week about the Adele Harris Scholarship. We are going to continue to hammer this home, especially now at the end of the school year. It's a $10,000 that will be awarded annually to a graduating high school student in Arizona who is interested in pursuing a career in sports. Those interested in applying for this scholarship, you can do so at azcardinals.com scholarship. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, hearing more from coaches now as well, not just head coach Cliff Kingsbury, but cornerbacks coach Greg Williams on the Big Red Rage last week, now in his third season, 12th in the NFL, but you're hearing more now talk about Ty Gowan, Marco Wilson, young players that in that cornerbacks room, as we've talked about here on previous episodes, MJ, they're going to be given every opportunity because as of now, there's not a lot of experience. Hopefully Robert Alford solves that. You've got Malcolm Butler and Byron Murphy. But then outside of that, you really don't have a whole heck of a lot as far as experienced depth. So can Wilson be one of those guys? And Williams brought up Wilson's skill set and then added, quote, it's just a matter of getting consistent. I think that was the one knock on Marco Wilson, that he has all the measurables, he has all the skills, but can you do it from play one to play 60 from week one to week 17? That up and down nature, uh, you know, that can turn a lot of coaches off. And then all of a sudden you're just not finding your footing because you can't be counted on. And I like the fact that he played uh, in a tough conference. And so you start looking at some of those receivers that were drafted. I mean, in, in the first round, second, third round, he, you know, he had an opportunity to cover them. 
Um, you like his versatility. I still got to think that the Cardinals are going to try to bring in some corners. I mean, uh, you know, there's 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 probably eight to ten guys now. It's what what do you like? And a couple of these guys, Drake or Patrick, still out there. Prince of Makamura, it didn't work out for him. I guess Jonathan Joseph, but you know, look at a guy like Brian Poole, uh, 28 years old. He played with the Jets last year. Richard Sherman's 33. I don't know if he'll fit here. I, Cardinals want to play man to man and. He was struggling last year, but he's a great uh, locker room guy, leadership. So maybe he goes back to Seattle or, or somewhere else. But there's uh, Darquez Denard, cornerback 29 from uh, Atlanta. Nikhil Roby Coleman, Philadelphia. He worked, played under Jim Schwartz, 29. Gary Connolly, he's kind of bounced around. He's had some injuries. He was in um, Las Vegas and then Houston. He's 26. Bashard Breeland, um, DJ Hayden from Jacksonville. Uh, Josh Norman, more of a slot guy, Daryl Worley. So I got to think that they're going to try to bring in some veteran guys, but also allow these young players to get some time in the offseason. Because we know at some point, Craig, and, and I think you guys were, were asked a question, do you see one of these rookie corners playing at least nine or playing nine games or starting? Um, you know, Alford's a big question mark. He's got to stay healthy. But I got to think Steve in, in the front office, Adrian Wilson, they're, they're going to try to bring in some veteran guys. I'm sure right now it's just a numbers game when you look at the 90-man roster and trying to figure out oh, yeah. what you want to do now. And then maybe you wait post-OTAs, post-mini-camp, you get into training camp. It could be a long wait for some of these veterans to find homes if they want to continue playing because I think initially after the draft, teams want to see what they have. We drafted these players for a reason. Now let's see if we can see or project what they might be able to do if it doesn't work out that's when you pick up the phone and call but i'm with you mj i'm going to continue to hammer home even more so than the tight end position i want to see another veteran corner to the point it to the point where it, it doesn't matter who at this point just someone that knows what to expect on sundays won't be surprised are they going to be top corners are they going to be shut down corners no but I'll say Drake Kirkpatrick, Jonathan Joseph, they served themselves very well and the Cardinals very well last season. They had their ups and downs, sure, but at least they knew what they were getting themselves into. These young players, you know, sometimes you can be too aggressive and get burnt deep or you're not aggressive enough and it's learning the tricks of the trade that they just don't have yet. That's why I think another veteran, especially, um by week one I'll, pu I'll put i'll put that out there before the end of training camp i want to see another veteran cornerback added to this roster i think if if you're gonna you know bring in a couple i, I don't think it's just going to be one it could be a couple um and then we'll see what they uh, look at when it comes to some of the undrafted free agents i, I know they're not going to bring in a ton this year just because of the 90-man roster but yeah i mean like i said these guys if if they're the third or fourth corner um, we know the top three right now. So if they're the fourth and five corner, how many do they keep? But you, you got to get them ready. And and the fact that they're going to have an off season and a, a rookie mini camp and hopefully some OTAs and preseason, because the next time they, they get a chance, Craig, it's going to be in a real game. So I feel comfortable with the starters, but you got to create some more depth and I don't want to rely on rookies. And this week, speaking of those rookies, they will be on the football field. They will be meeting amongst coaches and meeting amongst themselves the mandatory rookie mini camp begins this week friday saturday and sunday 
Now, it's not going to be a lot of players, MJ. I was kind of doing the math. You know, typically you've got, what, 30, 35 players out there for those three days because there's a lot of tryout players, maybe some players that you invite back after a year on your team. You want to get them some more reps. But because of the pandemic and what the NFLPA wants to see, you're going to have only your draft class. You're going to have, for the Cardinals, up to five undrafted rookie free agents and then up to five tryout players. Any more than that, I don't know. So if you're looking at numbers, you know, it's going to be difficult to go 11 on 11. You might not even be able to go 11 on 11. It might be seven on seven, just more of a walkthrough. But anything right now, to me, is better than what they had a year ago because they had zero last year. So anything is better than nothing. That's the bottom line. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, uh, the fact is that, you know, like they'll get a chance to, 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 you know, participate where, you know, the last time we had a rookie minicamp, it was Kyler Murray. And I remember that because it was the most attended rookie minicamp that I can ever remember. And everyone was just focused on the quarterbacks. Now, where we were standing, sometimes it was difficult to see Kyler based off of his size, but you could always tell when he was throwing the football because his football coming out of his hand looked a heck of a lot different, a better than some of those others. But yeah, that was that was an interesting Friday afternoon in May a couple of years back because I was like, geez, where did all these people come from? It's like the well, playoffs when the when the attendance, the media attendance increases and all of a sudden people you haven't seen all season start showing up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it is when you're the first pick in the draft. And remember he, he when he walked over to us, he was in his socks and his feet were hurting and they had to get another pair for him because they were too tight. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned it because the first thing now, you know, watching him on film, but when you see him in person and the way Kingsbury was working with him and, you know, he, Cliff will do different drills with bags and he says, ball in that, that release, nothing against Hundley or who, who else was here. That ball was coming out so fast. And, you know, it was just a matter of time when, you could start to see him kind of hone his skills a little bit. But, Craig, I think going back to about 11 out of 11, I, I, I think the league at this point in time, because you before you can bring in as many undrafted free agents or tryout guys, and like you said, after the practice, so I think they want to limit the number to 20 people on okay. the field. And that's so, because of what we're in the midst of. The, the You don't want large gatherings, even though you're outside. But to your point, yeah, it's and I understand being safe and I get it. And I'll take at this point anything just based off what we're coming off of. So anything is better than nothing. And, you know, I, I know it's rookie minicamp, but if I'm a guy that was in the league last year and I didn't have as many reps, I mean, I don't know if they're allowed to be valued. I know there's a different set of camps for rookies and then uh, veteran players. But if I'm a first or second year guy, and you want to have 24 guys out there. But I, I think the league is really hampering on at least 20 players. Now, you can have two different groups, you know, 20 players, and they go watch film. Obviously, you know, probably got to break it up into meeting rooms. You don't want to have that many players in a room. But they can have a couple of different groups. And I think if, if the players decide to show up for the, uh, uh, the mandatory mini camps in the OT, I think we're going to see different groups, 20, 20, 20, 20 where you know they have 80 players on the field at one day but not at the same time well and the other added benefit for this week is yes it's a smaller group so you're going to get more hands-on teaching 
And some guys are visual learners, others are physical learners, and I fall into the latter category because you teach something, I can take all the notes, but I need to physically learn what I'm doing, and that's something that I think is going to certainly benefit the Arizona Cardinals and every team this season, but certainly those rookies that are in town this week to, one, figure out where they need to be and where they need to go, get a learn uh, a tour of the facility, and then getting some teaching, getting their feet wet before everyone arrives, whether that's this off season or training camp to where some of them will just not get as many reps. And then all of a sudden they're kind of lost in the shuffle. Now we talk about first impressions via Zoom that we've had with these new players. This is a first impression on the football field. You know, how well do you study the playbook, how well do you retain that knowledge? And then can you transform that knowledge from the classroom to the football field? And, and that's the key. Um, we all know guys play a lot faster when they're not thinking and they can react. And so that's part of it. I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled that they're having an off season this year. And I know when it comes to the veterans, you know, the NFL PA is kind of saying, hey, you know, we, we want to start this trend for the next few years where you don't have to, um, I guess it's to a point where, you, you know, you just don't want to rely on rookies right away though. You know what I mean? But I, I get it. I mean, I, you know how I feel, make mistakes out there, but coaching is teaching and that's what the, their job is to do. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals continues here as we talk about what is expected to be a big week in the National Football League with rookie minicamp. But earlier, in the week before we get to Friday on Wednesday, the 2021 schedule will be released. It is being called the 2021 regular season is being called the biggest season in NFL history. And they are exactly right because for the first time we have a 17 game regular season schedule and I'll give the NFL all kinds of credit because they have turned these press releases into TV events to where everyone is anxious and everyone is ready for Wednesday 5 p.m. Arizona time to see when these games occur. We know the who, we know the where, now we get the when, and that is coming up on Wednesday, May 12th. And we know the schedule makers normally have put the schedule out in April because of the 17th game, and I think they want to be cute based on some of these draft picks and then some notable revenge games and i think there's a handful of those and starting with uh tom brady against bill belichick of course deandre hopkins and jj watt against the texans uh, patrick peterson against the cardinals with the vikings so it's going to be interesting but there's going to be some revenge games and i think the nfl is going to be very cute uh, and creative to have some of these matchups and i got to think on paper that Patriots Buccaneers game may be the highest rated. Um, who knows if it's going to fall? Um, if I'm CBS or Fox, I want that game. But you know, NBC uh, has really, a, and, and I think Monday Night Football is saying, "Hey, we want to stake out the good games too." Um, and then you had the flexing at the end of the year. But um, just looking at the Cardinals, you know, they're going to have, um, you know, their normal division six games there, um, and then they'll uh, play a, another conference. And the AFC, you want to see it's the AFC. Uh, AFC South, NFC South, North. NFC North. And then three games against teams that finished in third place last year would have been Dallas, 
um, the, the Browns. And the Panthers. And the Panthers. And so those, so that's where you get to 17. The Cardinals will have eight home games and nine road games in the regular season, and that will alternate each year. So next year they'll benefit from a nine-game home schedule. I understand the, the revenge games, and I understand the Buccaneers and Patriots, but that to me is only a storyline maybe leading up to the game because you're not going to see Belichick on the field. He doesn't suit up. So at that point, it's like, okay, but I get the lead in and the run up to all of those contests. But with the Cardinals, and I think a lot of people are going to point to the Texans coming to State Farm Stadium because of J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins. You've got the rematch between Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. That's one that I think as far as on field, it's going to be in Cleveland, and that's featuring two of the brightest, youngest quarterbacks in the league. And I think that might be one of those games that you really keep an eye on. One, when does it happen? And two, is that a Sunday, Sunday night, or is that a Monday night contest? Yeah, but I think when when the schedule comes out, the reason why I mentioned those revenge games is is because those are going to be marquee matchups. I mean, Cam Newton's playing against the Panthers this year. I mean, obviously, you know, he took them to the Super Bowl and was the MVP. So when when the schedule comes out, you'll see these marquee games. But for us, it's more about division games, uh, winning in, in the conference, and then trying to scratch out some road wins this year. And we talked about the division. Got to get better in the division if you want to be in contention late in the year. But, you know, uh, the NFL changed the rule, Craig. You used to have five was the limit for primetime games. It's up to seven now. So I got to think the Buccaneers and the Chiefs are probably going to get seven primetime games. I hope the Cardinals, I know they tweeted out something over the weekend, how many primetime games you think we're going to get. If we set it at three and a half, I hope it's four. That might be pushing it a little bit because I could certainly see three. Obviously, you've got one with Thursday night football, and then can you get a Monday night game and a Sunday night game? Yeah, you will have flex scheduling the latter half of the regular season. But as far as games that might fit that quote-unquote primetime window, I think any of the three division matchups, whether that's home or road, but as far as games that people might want to pay attention to on the national stage, yes, going to Dallas and playing the Cowboys is always big, especially with Dak Prescott coming back. And then I'll go with the Browns perhaps maybe with the Texans, but who knows what's going on with that. And I'll say that's more of a storyline leading up to kickoff. Once the game kicks off, if Deshaun Watson's not on the field, then, you know, what's the motive? I mean, there's motivation, but as far as, you know, what are people paying attention to? You, same thing with the Green Bay Packers. We all assume Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. We don't know, but as we sit here and talk in mid-May, yes, so perhaps Cardinals Packers at home at State Farm Stadium would be an intriguing contest. Well, I went I went down and looked at all the quarterbacks they're going to face this year, and it's 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 you're not playing the NFC East this year, okay? Nothing against that division, but Daniel Jones is still trying to find his um his rhythm. Um, you know, you look at you know what Washington went through, you know Dwayne Haskins, then they went to Alex Smith, and now they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you're not it's going to be more daunting task, and to me. Um, when you look at the Cardinals do play the Packers and, and, and the Texans this year, I have Watson dash to be determined. <laughs> Rogers dash to be determined. Uh, I like competition, but if you don't play those two teams and with those two quarterbacks, gotta like your chances. And, and again, at the end of the year, it's not how you want, it's how many wins you have. 
I'd rather play them though because I want to bring the best out, but to sit here and be arrogant about it, hey, they're going to have, if those guys are in different cities or um, if, if Watson's going to have to serve some kind of suspension, hey, that's what it is. Um, we'll deal with it then. Well, I'll give you another team that we don't quite know. We think we know, but we're not quite sure. And it's a team that the Cardinals play twice, the 49ers. We think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, but does Trey Lance all of a sudden make some kind of noise? Or, heck, maybe the Cardinals see both Garoppolo and Trey Lance, depending on where these games are on the schedule, early versus late. I could certainly see that as an as, as potentially happening. When I listed the 49ers, I went Garoppolo, uh, backslash, Lance. I think we're going to see them both. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they have certain packages for him. You can take Garoppolo off the field. Because of his mobility, you know, but then again, you're signaling to teams well, what potentially could happen. But he's got a nice arm. I mean, they got weapons. They got that tight end. They got the fullback. They got some wideouts. Um, Brian, Brandon, I, I mean, yeah, so... I, I do think at some point, I mean, cl clearly Garoppolo gives him the best chance to win when he's healthy. Now, I'm just saying, I got I don't think Josh Rosen's going to be the backup quarterback. Um, so I would think he's going to be active on game day, and that means you can play him. Um, Kyle knows what he's doing. I mean, he's going to find spots for him. I know you, you say you tip your hand. One thing we didn't like when they took Kyler Murray off the field, uh, I just think, you know, if he can run your offense and he's got a strong arm and he's mobile, that adds another element to which other teams are going to have to try to defend. Some other quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford now, you'll get to see him twice with the Rams, maybe Justin Fields, depending on what happens with the Bears, or if nothing else, Andy Dalton, Jared Goff, as of course the Cardinals always play the Lions. You've got Sam Darnold now with the Panthers, Carson Wentz with the Colts, and then Trevor Lawrence. We know that he'll be the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. The question is, when do the Cardinals play the Jaguars? Is that a is that an opponent, MJ, with a new head coach and a new quarterback that you want to see early in the season with no tape or late in the season at the risk of, well, maybe later in the season they figured things out as opposed to earlier in the season, maybe you can catch them off guard and kind of give them a welcome to the NFL moment. When you talk about Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, I mean – they had a ton of calf space. Looks like, you know, they got the running game going. James uh, um, Robinson last year, you throw in Travis Etienne. Uh, I don't like playing in Florida in the month of September, though. It's just so humid, Craig. I mean, these guys could be in great shape, and then they got to eat pickle juice. You see, I see guys cramping. I, I, again, I'd rather play them early before they start to find some rhythm. Um, and then the Cardinals are going to have to go play Ryan Tannehill, who's really flirted in that offense now. They lose their head coach. Uh, the offensive corner, Arthur Smith, he's in Atlanta now. But Tannehill, um, Cardinals better bring their heart hat there because you're not going to see a lot of Derrick Henry and, and Vrabel likes to bring the blitz, kind of keep you in the pocket. So some really good matchups just based on other opposing head coaches and coordinators. Cardinals schedule for 2021 ranks 13th, tied with the Titans. The rest of the division, the Rams have the 10th toughest schedule. The Seahawks tied for 11th and 49ers tied for 19th. Cardinals will face six teams that finish with a better than 500 record, eight teams that finish with a 500 record or below. In total, seven teams that made the playoffs, and that does include the Chicago Bears, who got in with an 8-8 eight and eight record, and why the Cardinals were watching the playoffs as opposed to playing. So seven playoff teams and then nine total between 
both games against the Seahawks and, and the 49ers? The Rams. Rams, sorry. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yep. So Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, first thing you look at is home opener, uh, primetime games, cold weather games. Um, do you have back-to-back road games, back-to-back home games? Uh, I don't know with COVID, is anybody going to play outside the, the country? I don't think Mexico's really on the radar right now. I know that eventually... And, and the Cardinals are hosting the Super Bowl in uh, 2023, and usually you have to give up some kind of home game. Next year it's in Los Angeles, and then I think it's going to be in Vegas after Cardinals. So a lot of West Coast Super Bowls. But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But I, I just think it's another day on the calendar where we know the opponents. We knew the opponents in January, and now it's – and the NFL does a good job because you're going to see a lot of people booking flights because if you live on the West Coast and the Buccaneers don't come out here very often or – you know, you get the Bears. Those are the, the and, and the the league is is stating that they would love to have full stadiums. So it's going to be interesting. But I, I look forward to these schedules. Again, we know the opponents now. It's a matter of how does it tee up. And last year's schedule, if you broke it down into quarters, I guess you could still kind of sort of do that. Even with a seventeen games, it doesn't divide up evenly anymore. But you had four games blocked and two games at home two games on the road and that was something that really i think you get that nice balance and certainly the bye week in the middle of the season you look at primetime games and when does the bye happen and then of course you know who do you start with and who do you end with and again this will be announced on wednesday may 12th and a special edition of the big red rage is planned for wednesday night 6 to 7 on ESPN, 6.20 a.m. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, plus Buda Baker will analyze the 17-game schedule at Four Peaks Brewing Company in Tempe. Bird Gang fans are encouraged to attend. If you can't make it out there or you can't get to the radio, the schedule release will also be streamed live on azcardinals.com, the Cardinals' YouTube channel, Facebook page, and on the Cardinals' mobile app. So there is no excuse for not being able to watch or listen to the Cardinals schedule release special edition of the Big Red Rage with Buda Baker joining the normal hosts, Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley. All right, we got some news here. According to Darren Urban, we got a couple players now going to wear single digits. Chase Edmonds, Deuce. Yep. Speaking of Buda Baker, we knew that he was going to be number three, and now he's got some company. Chase Edmonds is changing his number from 22 to two his backfield mate james connor will be wearing number six and on the defensive side byron murphy goes from 33 to seven so we thought there'd be a lot of turnover as far as players changing numbers especially when you're given that option to go single digits and we've got the cardinals we've got three players two running backs and a defensive back going single digits or i should say um james connor as well so four players we don't know about uh, i haven't seen bernard hopkins yet on this list so maybe that's something to wait for or maybe in the future in 2022 all right when it comes to the rookies Xavier collins number 25 rondell moore 85 rob moore's number right as our executive producer jim omohundro has pointed out yeah if you've got a vintage uh rob moore uniform number 85 you can break that out still says more on the back you're all set marco wilson 20. victor demukeji 92 i like that number bertram berry's old number 
Gowan, 32. James Wiggins, safety, 38. Michael Minette, 72. And some of the new players that are joining the Cardinals, A.J. Green always wore 18. He'll continue to wear 18. Matt Prater wore five. He'll continue to wear five. Rodney Hudson, 61. Colt McCoy, number 12. And Malcolm Butler, he is going to go with 21, the number he wore with the Tennessee Titans. And Bergang, I'm going to say it right now, that is certainly going to take some time getting used to considering Patrick Peterson wore that number for 10 seasons. And now he'll be himself being in a different uniform altogether, different uniform, different number. And Peterson will be coming back to State Farm Stadium this season when the Vikings come to town. Wear number seven. I think you're going to see the difference, and trust me, I, I loved and enjoyed covering Patrick, but you're going to see a little bit more physicality, that guy wearing number 21. Are you surprised at all that Butler, I guess, you know, it's it's his choice, and I know when he was initially asked, he said, well, I don't know if that's an option, and we'll kind of wait and see, and maybe it was presented. Hey, if you want it, it's available. And now I noticed that there was uh, no number 11 given to anybody. I mean... There is no 11 currently on the roster. So I guess, you know, is that number available, MJ? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think number 24 is available either. Uh, no one cares about 24 anyway. Ron <laughs> Wolfley did that number so well. And then someone else wore it. And I don't, you know, maybe he's in the ring of honor somewhere. Maybe he does yeah. something now in the front office. Yeah, Adrian Wilson. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I mean, I, at some point you're going to have to give that number up. But uh Right now, I don't think they're going to give that number out. Um, you know, if uh, I mean, if Patrick, some teams will wait a year when a guy goes to X amount of Pro Bowls, but he moved on, they moved on. Um, you know, he changed his number, so why not give it to him? It's not like Patrick was the only one that wore 21. It is it's something that, you know, sometimes, you know, fans care or others don't. You get these jerseys, so you're a fan of the team, and then all of a sudden there's a change one way or the other. That team leaves, or now we're seeing players change numbers. So, yes, it is all up. Darren Urban's got a story up on azcardinals.com. The Cardinals' official Twitter page has announced all of these numbers, also on Instagram as well. But this is something that, as we get closer, I guess, I guess MJ, really this – now with the free agency and the draft over with, this is kind of really a different, it's still the off season, but it's a different point of the off season. We get more towards really looking at 2021. Guys get their uniforms, guys are coming into the facility, they're meeting their coaches, they're meeting their new teammates, they're getting on the field. Hopefully it all goes seamlessly and we see more of it. You know, I'm not, I don't know how much we'll see, but certainly as I'll say again, Something is better than nothing, and we got nothing in 2020. Night and day from a year ago. Night and day. So, and I think really, Craig, you know, we always talk about, you know, at the end of the year after the Super Bowl, which is usually the first or second week in February, then you got the combine, then you got free agency. And I think with the schedule coming out, that's more excitement to where, yes, we knew who they're going to play, but now we know when. And those, those rookies can get excited about that. Maybe, you know, some of these guys went to smaller schools and didn't play a lot of a lot of fans. So I think once we get the schedule, then we're just getting so much closer to off-season workouts, training camp, regular preseason, regular season. The season will be here before we know it. It seems like it takes forever, but 
I'll go full circle how we began this show. It's getting harder and harder to temper expectations just because of what we're seeing. And that next step is seeing these players on the football field. Now it's going to be limited initially, but something that I think is the next step. You drafted them. Now let's see what they look like in the uniform and what we can count on them to do perhaps sooner rather than later. Well said. And uh, I'm going to have to get a, I'm going to have to get a roster. <laughs> azcardinals.com will have all the updated rosters so you can do your homework mj maybe we'll quiz you a little bit later on this offseason just xavian collins wearing somewhat what is he wearing 25 or 25 as an inside linebacker so yeah that's gonna take some getting used to as well because typically in the 20s that's a defensive back what did buchanan wore 20 right yes yes hybrid dollar linebacker yeah this is not a hybrid though nope (laughs) Nope, don't say that. He is a Mike <laughs> linebacker and Mike linebacker only. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons is going to keep his number? Certainly sounds like it for right now. Unless 11 comes available. Yeah, that's not They're not giving anytime. that out. No, no, no. They're not giving that out. We, we kid because we care, but uh, that's right. it will not be a number 11, and there won't be a number 24 on the field as well. Again, the schedule release on Wednesday, May 12th. 5 p.m. Arizona time, and then the Cardinals schedule release, Big Red Rage edition, coming up 6 p.m. on ESPN 620 plus, com, the Cardinals YouTube channel, Facebook page, and on the Cardinals mobile app. And then you and I, MJ, will give our thoughts on the schedule here on Cardinals Cover 2. Just some initial takeaways and figuring out, you know, how things look and whether the Cardinals got a, we know it's, a difficult schedule, but as far as how it breaks down, how many home games in a row, road games in a row, how many primetime games, everyone likes to hear that or see that on the schedule. And I'll say, I like your over under at three and a half. And I'm going to, I'm going to take the under, I'm going to take the under right here. Mark it down. I'm taking the under. Yeah. I, I hope they get four, but you know, they were eight and eight last year, but I think on paper, if you're some of the different networks, uh, you know, with Kyler Murray in this offense, you know, you bring in AJ Green, Rodney Hudson. So, and again, maybe the defense isn't getting enough credit, uh, even though they drafted five players on that side of the ball. Um, this Cardinal offense, if they can start clicking and Kyler Murray can be more consistent, um, they are fun to watch. And so maybe they'll get an extra game. But three and a half, I think, is safe. You get three year. And then, hey, listen, if you're winning, you, you get flexed out at the end of the year because you're going to have some division games normally in the month of December, probably in week 16, and, or in this case, 17 and 18. So you could get flexed out, but... I agree with you. Three and a half. I would take. I would take four. I mean, I'm just. But three and a half. I, I think if you can get to three, uh, we know it's going to be a Thursday night game. Hopefully, a Monday and a Sunday night game. Yeah, the ability to flex is certainly going to be the incentive. If you're playing well, then yeah, more people are going to want to watch you. It happened in 2015 when the Cardinals always seemed to get flexed into Sunday night football because that team was so exciting to watch. But we will find out officially come Wednesday. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.